If the Lord would help us for a little while tonight, I want to focus in on what the text verse says. Notice what the Bible says. Consider the ravens. Now, if we were reading in Matthew's account or in Mark's account or in other accounts, it would always specify, consider the sparrows. And a sparrow is a, it's understandable why God would care for a sparrow. The psalmist David said that the sparrow hath found a house and a swallow a place where make a nest where she can raise her young. I mean the sparrow and the swallow, they hang around down at the house of God. Oh, sure, I'd understand that. Maybe if he had said, consider the turtle dove. I'd say, well, they belong down at the house of God. I'd surely they belong. Why, praise God, they would get, get them and they'd cut one of the throats and I'll take that blood and, and uh, take that hyssop and that cedar branch and they view it as an offering of trespass. And surely a turtle dove has a place down at the house of God. And hey, why is it that it seems like only the book of Luke uses this phrase, consider the ravens? I believe it is for it's not a contradictory. It is another portion of the Sermon on the Mount that none of the other gospel writers were allowed to pin down by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. But God said, you pin it down, Luke, because I'm going to make it stick out and make people try to figure out why that I said here in this book only, consider the ravens. I want to know why it says, consider the ravens. I'm interested in that. It kind of sticks out. In fact, the songwriter does not say, consider the lily and then consider the raven. It don't say that. It goes with all the other accounts. Consider the sparrow. I want to understand what it is about this raven that that only one gospel writer was allowed to write. Uh, One that sticks out. The songwriter don't even want to sing about it. Notice with me, if you will, look back with me, if you will, in Leviticus chapter number 11 and verse number 15. Leviticus chapter number 11 and verse 15. Now, we'll begin reading in about verse 13. Leviticus chapter number 11, verse 13. And these are they which ye shall have an abomination among the fowls. They shall not be eaten. They are an abomination. The eagle and the ostrich and the osprey and the vulture and the kite after his kind and every raven after his kind. According to the Levitical law, a raven is an unclean bird. It is an abomination bird. When somebody was walking down the road and here come a flock of ravens, they would say, unclean, don't touch them birds. They are devouring birds. They have it in their nature to clean up. They do what vultures do. They are detestable birds. I don't see nobody having ravens. Most sane people, might be some crazy people, most sane people don't have raven for pets. 
Most of them don't. They want to shoot them, blow them out of the sky. Farmers don't like ravens. They're abomination. Nobody says, let's go over to the Far City Fish Camp. Sit down and eat us some good raven. Hey, don't nobody say that. It's not a delicacy. It's a cleanup bird. It's a nasty bird. It's a filthy bird. It is an unclean bird. And all of them have been that way. Since the day God made them, they were unclean. He said, pin it down in the Levitical law that this bird is an abomination. This bird is an unclean bird. Can I tell y'all today, I'm getting starting to feel like I understand why that God said consider the raven. Because, hallelujah, the raven's just like every sinner I know. We all come into this world unclean. All of us, amen, come into this world an abomination in the sight of God. And yet God loved us while we were yet sinners. And Christ died for us. Why do we consider the raven, preacher? Because it reminds us of our wreck, of our ruin, of a, it's a separating bird. If you touch this bird, it will defile you. You won't be able to come to church. You don't see the psalmist writing about a raven. They're not a bird that makes their nests in the altars. This is an unclean bird. They're not allowed around the things of God. They don't want them. They don't seek them. They don't like them. Can I tell you today, the Bible said, oh, I've sinned and come short of the glory of God. I've met a lot of people who thought they didn't need to get saved. They thought they was pretty good people. They thought they ain't nothing different between them and the average church person. And they probably right. And I'm going to tell you, the Bible said we're all unclean. The Bible said we're all lost without God. And God's angry with the wicked every day. Ain't you glad that God loves us? Amen. Even in our wickedness. Even in our sinfulness. Even in our wretchedness. And God sent His only begotten Son. I was talking to a fellow one day. And he said, Preacher, I don't need you to come over here talking that Bible stuff. I only went over there, separated myself from my family and people in our church because somebody that was a dear friend of mine had a loved one dying in Rutherford Hospital. So I walk into Rutherford Hospital. I got my Bible under my hand, introduced myself. He said, Ain't nothing you can tell me about that Bible I don't know. I done read everything about it. And I said, well, maybe I need to talk to you. <laughs> I got some questions. I just turned it around on him. He said, I don't care what you got to say. I said, well, the Bible, Paul said, on the inspiration of the Holy I don't care what Paul said. I said, Paul wrote 14 books of the Bible. I'm not interested in what Paul said. I said, well, what about Mark? I don't care what Mark's got to say. I said, hold up. I thought you said you read the whole Bible. Them books in the Bible I've been telling you about. I said, well, whether you care or not, you in the hospital and you can't get out, so you're going to hear it today. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Not me. Not me. Everybody but me. Can I tell y'all today, every person, it don't matter how good your mom and daddy was. It don't matter how good what side of the track she was on. Hey, you was all unclean. The Bible said none of them sought after God. The Bible said in Psalms that he looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there's anything that did good. Hey, but there's none that sought after God. The Romans reminds us, none good. No, not one. Not one ounce of good. Not one minute of good. All our righteousness, that's the best part of us. On our best day, at our best second, it's still as filthy rags. Can I get an amen tonight? I'm telling you, we 
came into this world unclean. And if we'll be honest, a lot of us didn't have a good heritage. Every raven that ever been born, every raven that ever been born to mom and daddy raven was born unclean. They, had, they, was, they was all moonshiners. They was all whoremongers. They was all wandering. They was all unclean. They was all unfit. They all had the same reputation. They all said, the law said, there ain't no hope for you. The law said, you're unclean. I'm starting to feel that. Are y'all feeling that? I know why he's saying, consider the ravens. I'm starting to see it now. I'm starting to be reminded about my Redeemer and about my redemption and about the wreck I was in. You see, when I look at the raven in Leviticus 11.5, I see a bird that's been separated. I see a bird that's got a bad reputation. I see a bird that's all its heritage has been unclean and it has stood to be unclean ever since then and will be till Jesus comes according to the law. But grace... Consider the raven. So what the Bible said, unclean. Turn over with me. I'm trying to get to my place. Turn over with me to Genesis 8, 7. Genesis 8, 7. Familiar place in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Genesis 8, 7. Why is it God said, look, you need to talk about this, consider this raven business. And yet the Bible said in Leviticus, it's an unclean raven. Now we're going to see in Genesis chapter number 8, begin reading in verse 6. And the ark rested in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, upon the mountains of Ararat, and the waters decreased continually until the tenth uh, tenth month, verse 5. And the tenth month on the first day of the month when the top of the mountains are seen. So the ark is resting in on some on some mountains. Verse 6. And it came to pass. Y'all got your place? Genesis 8, 6. Everybody's sick. Can you say amen? And it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. And he sent forth a raven which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from off the earth. He sent it forth, and the raven went to and fro. I'm going to tell you what that unclean raven is. It's an, it's an unclean raven, but in Genesis 8, not just in Leviticus, but in Genesis 8, we're reminded that it's an unstable raven. When, when he let that raven out the window, he could not depend on that raven. He is unstable. He will not return a good message. He does not come back with an olive branch plucked off. Amen. Oh, amen. But you know what he's doing? He is resting on one dead carcass to another. Can I get an amen right there? He goes from dead body to he goes from new spring to well spring to one dead body to another. They're bloated around. They're dead. They're unclean. They're unstable. I know church folk like that. Can't depend on them. Unstable. Unclean. Are, are y'all with me? Unstable. Unclean. But you know what? That's the way we was when we lost, y'all. We went from one bar room to the next. 
went from one harmonging place to the next. Went from one bu- uh, drink of booze to the next. Went from one pill to the next. Went from one side of dope to the next. It was all about pleasing self. You see, the raven has it in his nature that all he wants to do is feast and feed. It is in his nature. It is in there from creation. He's a clean-up bird. He's unclean. He feasts on dead things. Are y'all starting to see why we need to consider the ravens? It's just like we was when we were lost. Ephesians 2 said, We walked according to the course of this world, according to Prince and Pie of the Air, and the Spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. We followed whatever the flesh wanted to follow. We see the raven. It's an unclean bird. It's an unstable bird. You know, I've said to church many times, I ain't talking about folk. There is extenuating circumstances. But every, every, sometimes people push the ox in the ditch. They just go ahead and break his leg and throw him off in there. Well, my ox is in the ditch. Comes work the next day, they can make it. Want to go to the movie tomorrow night, they can make it. Want to go out to eat next day, they can. I'm going to tell you, if you're a member of this church, you're accountable for every message that comes out from behind this pulpit. Whether you hear it or not, that's what's scary. That's what's, that's what's concerning. Because whether we're present or not, we are accountable. Because God has placed us within that body. And God has hooked us up and hooked us in. And that is why the church keeps pace. And we keep feel like we're falling from it. And we feel disconnected and disunited. Amen. Self-centered, selfish sin. This bird has a nature that satisfies self. I've said this many times. S. I N. The all sin is selfish. All sin's about the middle letter. It's about I. Adultery. It's about I. If you hey man, if you loved your neighbor like you love yourself, you wouldn't want his wife. Can I get an amen? Hey man, it's all about I. It's about I. Well, I got it bad. I gotta go get a Budweiser. Well, bless your pitiful heart. Somebody's got it worse than you, friend. Go down the road on the homeless streets. Go with me. I can show you some places in Spartanburg. Friend, I'm telling you, we have got it made. If you ain't got a dime in your pocket and you ain't had a meal today, you still blessed. I'm telling you right now, we don't know how good we got it in this building tonight. Oh, it's all about I. It's about I. Sin's about I. I'm going to shack up if I want to. Go ahead and be in sin. It ain't in God's will. I seen a little thing. I'm trying to watch the news. Man's trying to show me today. I was over there cooking for the flood relief in the middle of the state. All them folk lost their homes, so we trying to raise money. I'm over there cooking that chicken. And a man said, Preacher, you got to see this. Flipped open his phone. And he said, Watch this news channel. They caught that suspect that killed them two guys in Iowa ambushed them cops. He hits that, and I'm trying to watch that. And Hillary Clinton done that. I hope I didn't hurt nobody's feelings. If I did, I still don't care. Amen. I said I didn't care. Are y'all with me? Anybody? If hey, she's for killing babies. That's murder. She's for homosexuals. That's against the Bible. I can't see why a Christian can do that. Christian can't do that. And I don't see why you can vote for it. Amen. It's all right. 
get mad if you want to. It's the right thing, amen. Am I right or wrong? And here she had two old women. Well, we've been living together for 50 years, but we're legal now. You might be legal, but you ain't lawful. Is everybody all right? Hey, I'm telling you, it's all about self. It's about selfishness, about satisfying our own pleasures, our own lust. Well, God ain't never dealt with me about it. It might be because you don't know God. Amen. That's right. Unclean, unstable, can't count on them. They go from one church to another. Church hopping's bad as bed hopping. Can I get an amen? Hey, man, can't, unstable. When they lost, they just act like sinners, go from one whoremonging place to another, see how many notches on their belt. they full of the devil. Oh, they care about self. They're going to satisfy self. They don't care who they hurt. Got a good friend of mine, he's saved. Used to be multi-millionaire. His daddy was a billionaire. His daddy was hooked into the mafia. He's a good friend of mine, cooked with him today. And uh, y'all don't know him, but his name's DeWitt. And DeWitt said his daddy, my mom couldn't understand why I was trying to distance myself from my daddy. He did, he, she couldn't get it. I know she loved him. But in court, finally, they had him on record saying, you kill my son, you kill my wife, you kill my uncle, you kill anybody you got to because my freedom is more important than anything else or anybody else. You know what the raven said? I ain't let no man of God control me. I'm going to hop from one dead carcass to another. And he run to and... (laughs) Boy, I feel some preaching in here tonight. Hope y'all brought a bag lunch, amen. Listen, an unclean bird, unclean raven, unstable. We ought to consider not to be like it. In that respect, but look with me in 1 Kings. Here's what I've been trying to get to all night. I like it. Woo! First case. 17.1. Y'all know the story, don't you? And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. He kicked in the door, preached what God said for him to preach, slammed the door, didn't wait for an offering, didn't wait for appreciation, didn't wait for applause. He got done preaching, come on the scene like a whirlwind, and he went out in a whirlwind. Amen. Hallelujah. He, he, hey, that king just thought he was in charge of something. He might have sat on the earthly throne, but he served the one that sat on the heavenly throne. Notice what the Bible said in verse 2. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, which is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. And, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. I'd like to preach on are you at your there. That's a lie. Make sure you're at your there. And if you're in church and God's brought you here, you, yet you're there. 
And this is where God's bringing you food to. And if you ain't at you there, don't get mad at God because you're starving to death. Right. Everybody say amen. Right. So he went and did. Look what he did. He didn't buck up on God one minute. Oh. And did according unto the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. So the man of God did according to the word of the Lord. And then look, the ravens did according to the word of the Lord. And verse 6, and the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning. <laughs> And bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. We've seen in Leviticus an unclean raven. An abomination. Every raven after his kind. He's of the wrong kind. He's in the, got bad blood in him. He's got a bad heritage. He's got a bad nature. He's been made like this. He can't help it. He acts like a raven because he's a raven. Can I get an amen? He's unstable. Goes from dead body to dead body. Carcass to carcass. Feasting anywhere to satisfy his flesh. He has it in him. And does not every animal have it in them to devour everything? They stay fed because they eat what's before them. That's why your youngins are to eat what's before them if they want to get fed. They eat what's before them. They, they have it in them. It's a natural thing. They don't, they don't discriminate against skunk, against possum, against fowl, against maggots. And it don't bother them. Friend, they're unclean and unstable. Can't depend on them. But right now, here is an unlikely raven. Here is an unlikely bird. This bird is acting contrary to his firstborn created nature. There has been a metamorphosis take place. There's been a transformation. Are y'all are with me? This is an unlikely bird. I can understand it for turtle blood, dove. I, I can understand it's a clean bird. I can understand sparrow or swallow. I can understand that. They live around the house of God. But not a raven. Not a raven. Why would God use the raven? Just so we know. Just so we could see today. It don't matter how unstable you used to be. It don't matter how unclean you used to be. You are an unlikely servant. But God gets glory. How to use them that used to be unstable and unfit and undeserving. God uses the weak to confound the strong and the foolish to confound the wise. Can I say, them that's nothing, God makes something out of. Woo! An unlikely raven. You know what I love about this raven? He minded God's will. He followed God's word. You can always tell if someone's really been saved. They have a mind to follow God. <laughs> I don't see a bunch of raving. Let me just ask y'all this. I've been to Dollywood. I've not seen a raven display. I've even seen vultures displayed. I've seen exhibits of vultures. Nobody don't care about the raven. But God said in Luke chapter number 12... Consider the ravens. 
if I care for them, I, you know I care for you. And if God used an unclean, unstable, unfit bird, I reckon God can use us. Can I get an amen? What a picture of salvation. A transformation. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He's been recreated. His nature has been changed. I say amen. He don't have the nature of devouring. Now, y'all got to get this picture. It's a famine on. In the meantime, the brook's drying up. Food's getting scarce. And the raven stays faithful. Where'd he get it from? Well, that's why I believe. Every morning, a king sat down, have a good old slab of country ham. Here come that bird. Rawr! Rawr! Swooped in there and got it right out of his mouth. Took it over there to the preacher, and the preacher said, Rawr! Rawr! I hear him coming. Thank you, Lord. A little bit, he said, like to have a biscuit with this. Right as the king was fixing it, snatched it up. Yeah. Rawr, rawr. Thank you, Lord. You know what's amazing thing, brother? Jeremy, they were following God's word. They were following God's will. But get this. They lived unselfishly. They did not devour the meat in the midst of a famine. You know what they said? Their goal was to take care of the servant of God. Take care of that preacher. Zechariah. You say, preacher, why did God move him from the brook? So he could show Elijah that he could do it by the brook or by the barrel. But not just to do that. Because them ravens was his Onesimus. Are y'all with me? Them ravens was his morning and evening refresher. Those ravens was his positive side of the post of the battery. Are y'all with me? Them ravens is what he was alone. Just him and God. Right. And wonder if God's going to take for you. He didn't have to wonder a bit. Every morning, every evening, yeah. here comes the ravens. God's going to take care of us. Yeah, you know what I thought was interesting? They, they took care of the servant of God morning and evening. They followed God's will morning and evening. Right. Morning and evening. Faithful. Set your clock on them. Faithful, set your clock on them. There's no more unstableness in them. They has been a nature change. Yes, They're not the same bird that they used to be. Right. Amen. Yeah. Okay, back me back up. Birds of a feather flock together. You ain't got that. They ain't hanging around unclean dead carcasses no more. They over here hang around the man of God. They say, Lord, what would you have us to do? I imagine, you don't have to believe this. I just let me alone. You ain't going to change my mind. I believe the ravens was going, ah, God's using us. Mom and daddy wasn't no count. But God didn't care about mom and daddy and grandma and grandpa. Wow, God's using us. Look at that man of God. He looks like he ain't even missed one meal. And one of them said, whoa, with our help, by the help of God helping us to help him, he ain't going miss a meal and they went back to the king looking for a next time go ahead and get that big old chicken cooked yeah. up there for some hey amen supper and I'm going to swoop in and get a big chicken leg take it to that are y'all with me today bread and flesh now here's what struck me I see Calvary there 
Jesus said in John 6, your fathers gave you bread from heaven. But the true bread is he which cometh down from above. I am that bread of life. You know what that's feeding him? Jesus. But I like this. It's that bread and flesh. Well, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And the word was made flesh. Good God, have mercy. I say, the bread was his very existence. That was the substance of his deity. But the flesh was a picture of what would be nailed to Calvary. Oh, I see Calvary there. It's what made the difference in the ravens. Because the law said, well, you're condemned. You're unclean. You're unfit. But they're in the gospel of Luke. They're in the grace days. Hey, grace does what the law can't do. We consider the ravens that if God loves them and if God did it for them, that God will do it for us. And he'll do it with the bread and he'll do it with the flesh. <coughs> Thought about this, Brother Jeremy. If you think about in the context of this, every meal, this bird has a new nature. He's got a new meal and he's got a new mission. We don't even know if he eats anything. We don't know that. But I do know this. That man of God ate. You say, preacher, in a famine, would God take... Did Jesus not come not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many? Isn't that what he said? Did Jesus not lay down his life so that we could go free? Did Jesus not put everybody before himself? Did Jesus not do that? It's a good identifying mark when something that was unclean, unfit, and unstable all of a sudden becomes an unlikely servant of God and becomes an unlikely vessel for God and it gets an unlikely mission for God. And people say, well, I can't believe you're a preacher and that's why God's going to use you. Because you can't believe it and I can't believe it neither. Amen. And we can't believe it. There ain't a preacher in our heritage. But amen. God, amen. amen. Oh, God can use amen. a raven. Now think about this. 27 times in your King James Bible. It's the only Bible they are, so that's the only one I'm referring to. 27 times those words are grouped together. Are y'all with me? Morning and evening. Evening and morning, 27 times. On the principle of first mission, mention what starts out in Genesis will set precedent all the way through the book. That's why Genesis is the book of beginnings. And so Adam and Eve had sinned, and an instant blood had to be shed, and they had to be covered in the skins. Set the precedence for Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Innocent blood. Judas said, it's the only time this phrase is used. The innocent blood. The is definite article. It means there's not another one of its kind. The innocent blood. Judas even realized he was the innocent blood, but he's too far gone now. He realized he was the innocent blood. Jesus' innocent blood was shed so you and I could go free. It changed our nature. 
had gave us a new mission, gave us a whole new mindset. Now we want to serve the man of God, want to serve the servant of God, want to try to be an encouragement. Why? Because helping him will help the work of God. And helping him, hey man, helps us to help God's work. But more than that, they just want to follow God. God had already announced this and told Elijah what to do just like he told them ravens what to do. And they met the same place, both of them minding God. And that's why he got fed and they right. done the feeding. Right. If he wouldn't have been in his place, and they, that's why we got to... You're right. Hey, man, preacher. Right. Hey, man, preacher. Everybody's falling asleep, but I'm with you, preacher. Yeah. Hey, man. Go ahead, brother. Now, think about this. Morning and evening, 27. Is anybody in here up before 3.30? Went to bed after 1.00 then y'all ain't got no right to be sleepy. Stay with the preacher. All right. Morning and evening. Y'all with me? Morning and evening. Morning and evening. The first time it's mentioned, Genesis 1. But note the order of it. Evening and morning were the first day. Starts out evening, morning, first day. God gives us a sneak peek in Exodus 16. Remember that manna that came down is a picture of Christ. What sustained life in the desert was manna sent down from God. Are y'all with me? And he likened his body, his existence, the giving of that bread, he likened it. Amen. Amen. And in Exodus 16, it says morning and evening he did a sweet. Do you know that the first time, usually it carries through all the way through unless there's a divine and a supernatural intervention. The first and only time, evening and morning, is mentioned in the Gospel of Luke. It's in direct reference to a man preaching about Jesus. Can I tell you, let me put it like this. We were unclean and unfit lived in the evening of our life. But when God saved us, he turned our world upside down. Yeah, that's right. Because the Bible said they brought bread and flesh morning and evening. Now, if they'd have been the same way, it'd have been evening and morning, feasting on flesh, living among the up, being unstable and unclean, but now the world's been turned upside down. Remember what they said about the Christians? These are them that's turning the world upside down. I say, hallelujah. Let's turn this thing upside down. Morning, evening. But you know what I love about this? You see the separating but now they sharing and serving and surrendered to God's will but Jeremy read back in the verse I don't want you to take my word for it verse 7 and it came to pass remember now the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning bread and flesh in the evening and he drank of the brook Verse 7, and it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. It never does say that the bread and flesh quit. Are you helping me right there, Jesus? He'll be there even when he ain't seen, noticed, or mentioned. He'll be there. 
You know what I believe, Brother Chris? Now over at the, he's going to take care of him at the barrel, at the Gentile widow. He was showing us he's going to let a Gentile widow get in on it. When he couldn't feed that man of God by an Israelite widow, he took him to a Gentile widow and fed him out of the barrel. Gentile widow. I believe this, Daniel. Leaving the brook, digging around, trying to surf up some water till it finally just dried up. Does that mean God don't care about him? Oh, no. God's got somewhere else. There's two sticks waiting on him. They're cooking sticks. They're crossing out sticks. Are y'all with me? They're cooking sticks. They're going to make some bread with them sticks. That's going to... Good God, I don't know how I stay so calm. I'm about to lose. I feel like a pressure cooker. Are y'all with me? But hey, listen, on the way to the barrel, he's going on a journey. Here come bread. Here comes the bread. Get a little bit at night. Here come, because the bread and flesh was there. God is going to sustain you. Now hear me, church. Some of you in this building tonight have allowed the devil to convince you that you're so unclean, unfit, unworthy, undeserving that God will never use you. And he'll never, maybe somebody, God forbid, will say, you may be thinking God will never save you. If God took a raven turned his world upside down. If God took a raven who was unclean, unfit, undeserving, unstable, unreliable, and God said, I'm going to use him as an unlikely servant. I'm going to use him. You used to know him as self-serving, but now you're going to know him as Savior servant. You used to know him as serving his own will, but now he's going to do God's will. He used to think he followed his own word, but now he's going to follow God's word. He used to think all he cared about was self, but now he's taking care of my servant. I'm going to show you what the nature has been changed. Ain't you glad that God take you out of the bar stool and off the drug holes and out of the whoremonging lifestyle and right out of all that and some of us even off the pew and God done that God was all unclean and all unfit and all undeserving. Hey, but God said I'm going to use him as an unlikely bird an unlikely servant. And I thought Brother Jeremy what a picture of Calvary. Jesus said, I do always those things that please him. He said, the Father's always with me. He stayed in his place down by the brook until God sent him on a mission trip at a widow's house. And each step through three years and six months of famine, God was taking care of him. Even though he knew he was going to get depressed and discouraged, hide up underneath a juniper tree from a woman named Jezebel and ask God just to kill him and get plumb suicidal. And yet God said, oh, I'm going to take care of him. Paul said, Onesimus, oft refresh me. I'm going to remind you last Wednesday. The fact that he said, oft refreshed, 
is descriptive of the fact and presumptive that he needed refreshed often. And if Onesimus, an unknown man, barely named, had not fulfilled his purpose and plan and design of God, we may not even have the 14 books of the Bible. Who knows how many churches would have been planted. But God knew a man was going to be discouraged, constantly afflicted by a thorn in the flesh, a mighty man of God. And it don't matter how mighty a person is, you're going to need help once in a while. Look back in our text verse. Notice what the Bible says in Luke 12. Consider the lilies, for they neither toil nor, they neither sow nor reap, neither do they have storehouse or barn. Did anybody see some ravens building a barn or stacking up a silo? I ain't never seen some make rows throw seed in it cultivate it with a sickle I ain't seen no raven ever drive a tractor but I sure do know they still get fed and God still loves them and God take care of them and God feedeth them how much more are you better than the fowls hey if God did it for an unclean unfit unstable bird and made them an unlikely servant to do his work carry out his plan and purpose hey man that God can use us we ought to consider the raven and no thank God be reminded of our redemption be reminded of our redeemer be reminded of his passion be reminded of his plan but also be reminded of our responsibility let's all stand Jacob come let's pray Father